Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Local Procast. I'm Jesse Flores and today we're going to revisit a topic I brought up in I think around episode 50, which was um, headless CMSs. This is something we've talked to quite a few companies about recently. And so what I want to do is dive a little bit more into the pros and cons of going headless and, and talk about um, the benefits and challenges of a headless CMS and whether or not a headless CMS might be right for you. So when we get back, we'll dive into the pros and cons of going headless. Local businesses are the heart of their communities. Often they're the first people ask for sponsorships and are the first ones willing to give on top of frantically trying to grow their businesses. The problem is that they're facing increasing pressure from bigger, better funded, more tech savvy companies. So how does a less than tech savvy business push back in order to attract, retain, and engage more of their dream customers while growing profits? That's the question that this podcast will give you the answer to. My name is Jesse Flores, and welcome to the Local Procast. So headless CMSs, I've said before, are the future of content management. But as of right now, and this is early 2022, they're not really for everyone, at least not yet. So what I wanted to do was talk about whether or not a headless CMS is right for you and, and how to know. So just to recap, a headless CMS is a CMS uh, or content management system that separates out the information or content from the presentation of that content. Um, so for instance, if you were, were to log into your WordPress or your Wix or your Squarespace and you want to create a new page, um, you're going to probably have a drag and drop editor. You're going to kind of drag the pieces that you want, and you're going to type in the content that you want. And when you hit publish, that content is going to show up on that web page. And, and for most small businesses that are just doing, you know, small websites, this is awesome. This is fine. This is all you need. However, what if you want that information to show up on a Android app or an iPhone app or on an Alexa app or, you know, as cars become more connected inside of a car, you want that information to show up there? Well, all of a sudden, being able to publish content on a website is not nearly sufficient enough for having uh, uh, your information and your presentation, in other words, the website, be tied together, you know, one to one. And this is how things have been in the past couple of years, past decade or so, since smartphones and other devices have proliferated. If I want to build an Android app and I want to have some of the content for my website on that Android app, I have to copy that database or copy elements of that database, duplicate it in my Android app, and create the new experience or duplicate it in my iOS app or duplicate it in my Alexa app or whatever. Right. So in the, in the past, anytime I've wanted to have my content show up in more than one place, I have to replicate a database and have a single database with a single content repository for each individual, uh, for each individual um, interface. So if you are the kind of company that has a lot of content or you're trying to be omni-channel, and I'll dive into the who it's for in a little bit, um, headless CMSs are really where you want to start kind of thinking. And, and here's why. Um, they're really quite a few benefits to going headless, but I'll just kind of jump through six of them. The first is that it saves a ton of time. Once you create content once, it's accessible via an API to all sites and apps that might want or need access to it. Um, this means that you don't have to be duplicating those databases or duplicating content management. Um, and, and so you cut down not only on the data entry, you also cut down on the management and the copying of all of, all of this information. And you really move into an area where you create once and it access is accessible multiple places. Second benefit is that because you are creating content once and you're accessible everywhere, it becomes omni-channel, meaning that 
any interface or in the in, in the uh, language of development, any client that wants access to that data is able to get it from, you know, a very, uh, well, from, from one API call. And so all of a sudden now you're able to be everywhere. Not only did you save time uh, entering that information in, you're also now omnipresent or omnichannel, meaning you can have that information accessible anywhere. Heck, even on a PDF, con, uh, PDF document, if you have... Um, uh, you know, if you're using a library that allows you to convert information in PDF. The other benefit is that it allows you to have cleaner data. Um, I've talked before about how content is data, maybe around episode 25 or so, and how important that is both for um, the future of the internet for search engine optimization and other things. Um, and a headless CMS forces you to have better content management and better content and data organization, um, which again, uh, makes it easier for you not only to manage, but also for it to be managed across the internet, whether that's through search or through other devices. Um, probably one of the best things about a headless CMS is that when you free your content from the presentation, you then allow your front-end developers and designers to create much more unique experiences without being constrained by a traditional CMS. We've run into this before where somebody wants a really cool, um, you know, animation or set it or, or onboarding or something like that on their website. But the reality is, is that, you know, the drag and drop builder for, for WordPress doesn't support those kinds of things. Right. And so when you are tying your presentation to your view, you're really going to be um, limited by what the drag and drop editors allow you to do. Whereas once you make that separation, you're then allowed to, then you then have flexibility to create whatever experience you want on the front end. And for Many businesses that can be a massive competitive advantage, especially if you're going into a crowded market. Sometimes um, a good user experience is the difference between scaling a massive business and going out of business. Um, headless CMSs also allow you to have a more flexible content model, so that as your business grows and changes, it's really easy to adapt the content model quickly, and um, you don't have to do all of the you know kind of database migrations or rebuilding and all all those kinds of things that will happen if you're trying to move from one system to another. There's a way in which content uh, headless CMSs are um, <clears throat> really kind of evergreen and very flexible, and, uh, and and in a way as future proof as something can possibly be, uh, because again because with you know databases are never going anywhere, APIs aren't going anywhere, and so this takes advantage of the infrastructure of the next generation of the internet, which is data um, being moved from across systems as opposed to you know just publishing, um, which is an older paradigm. And finally, um, headless CMSs allow for the integration of more systems. So if you're one of these companies that has a shop on this domain and a blog on that domain and your website on this domain and an app on that domain, um, using shifting to a more headless architecture allows for you to shift your front end to one that is able to much more easily integrate all those different silos. And so you no longer have to have multiple websites or domains to manage all of that information. Okay, so benefits of a headless CMS are uh, saves time. It allows you to be omni-channel. Uh, it forces a cleaner data model, which is better for the internet and for search and for other you know apps and devices. Um, it allows for more flexible user experiences, a more flexible content model that's about as evergreen and future-proof as possible, and allows for the integration of all of your systems into kind of one uh, one repository. Frankly, right? So. That all sounds really great, but but why? So why wouldn't people do this? 
And the reality is, is that it's still new technology and it's still very much developer versus user-friendly. Now, good developers will make it as user-friendly as possible. But probably the first thing that is really challenging about headless CMS is that as is that it really is still reliant on developers. You need a developer to code the content model. You need a developer to update the content model. You need developers to generate and, and to build the front-end experiences. So um, in, in a way, uh, it's a... Uh, step backwards and it can seem like from from those content management systems that um where you can log in and create your own website without needing a developer or, or something like that in in with the headless cms that's just not the case now and the right now you need um a, you need a developer to be very involved in almost all phases of the project um, it also does require a more thoughtful approach than just i get an idea i publish a website um, thinking in terms of content as data does require you to think critically about what information you have, what information you want to communicate, and how you want to organize it. And um, and for people that have not thought about data or content in that content in that way, um, it can be a bit of a challenge. Now, the nice thing is, as you're architecting the site, um, it really is something that you'll do together, not only with your developer but with business stakeholders. So in a way, it actually creates more conversations and more clarity around an, for, for an organization. But it's not, it's not uh, while it might be simple, it's not easy. Or, and, and so it takes some time and some thinking. Um, <clears throat> that said, you also, since you're separating the data from the front end, you also don't have visual feedback. So you have to kind of trust that once you enter the information into the forms or the database that you've created, it's going to just kind of look right. Now, there are tools like... Gatsby Preview or Nuxt has a preview tool, and these are developer, very developer-friendly um, ecosystems that developers can build so that previews are available for particularly web experiences. Um, but that is an exception and not the rule. And so one of the big challenges is that you have to sort of do a lot of planning up front because there is no visual feedback. And so you have to be able to trust that once you've defined the data model and you go in and you enter it as a content producer, um, that it's going to render the way you want it to render without um, incident, which um, is usually going to happen. But, you know, for people that are particularly anxious about control, uh, that can cause some stress and anxiety. And then finally, with a headless CMS, you don't own the infrastructure. So um, most headless content is stored on a cloud server or in databases that's owned and provisioned by the headless CMS provider, whether that's Contentful or Sanity or whomever. Um, now, that's not all that different than building your website on like Squarespace or Shopify or Wix, where you know you also don't own the infrastructure. You're limited based on what they provide. Um, but you know, in, in the case of say for say WordPress, while you might not own the server, uh, that it is possible to move that database from one server to another, one provider to another, so that if you don't like the infrastructure you're on or the provider you've got, um, it's pretty easy to move your WordPress site from one place to another. That's not necessarily going to be the case with a headless CMS. So there is a little bit more of a, of a wedding that happens between you and, and the headless CMS provider and probably the developer who's building it for you. And so um, you want to really make sure that you've qualified uh, that provider as well as that developer as much as possible. So, um, so a headless CMS, while has a lot of opportunity, there are certainly some challenges. Now, the question is, who is this really for? Um, because... You know, you'd say, well, I'm a small business. Why not just fire up a Squarespace or a Wix? And in many cases, that's probably all you need, frankly. Um, or you need a, a super site with, you know, the kind of the seven core layouts that we've talked about elsewhere. 
Um, so who is this really for? Really, this is for three kinds of organizations. One, um, omni-channel content producers. So if you produce a lot of content and you distribute it via different channels, you know, podcasts, apps, websites, YouTube, you know, all these places, then Headless can save you a ton of time and money. Now, I'm not just meaning like you have a blog and then you share that blog on multiple places. I mean that you need access to that data in multiple places. And so if you are an omni-channel content producer, you know, like um, uh, like a Headspace or a news organization or someone who is... May, who has to make sure that your information, that, that the content you, you have shows up um, in multiple platforms that you manage, and Headless is definitely the way to go. If you're an e-commerce company or some other company looking to compete on user experience, you're trying to create a much richer experience with a custom front end that has you know wizards or guides or cool animations or something like that, then the old monolithic CMSs aren't going to work for you. You can't create those kinds of experiences typically in uh, old content management systems, they have to be, you know, hand coded. And in those cases, a headless CMS is probably a really good example, uh, or really good um, use case for, for, for that kind of company. And then finally, organizations with a lot of data to manage. So for instance, associations or trade organizations or really large companies with lots of information to manage, going headless can really make content management much much easier and much faster. In many cases, if you're that kind of organization, chances are you already do have things like an app or other things that um, you are managing where you need information to also be omni-channel. So headless CMS is really, they're not for the, you know, small plumber making a, you know, uh, with a half a million dollar a year book of business. <clears throat> they're really more for the franchise plumber that has to, you know, that's building apps that um, allow people to go online and book or, you know, get education or whatever those things are, right? So if you're a really, really small business, then chances are a headless CMS is overkill. Um, but if you're not, then chances are headless is really where you need to start thinking about so that your infrastructure is going to be current for the next three, five, 10 years uh, in this world. So hopefully you found this helpful and clarifying. And uh, if you did, please take a second to subscribe. Or if you know someone else who would find this helpful, please take a second to subscribe. Um, this there is, There's a summary of this available online. Um, we'll link to it in the show notes and you can kind of download a PDF that summarizes the challenges, the, the pros and cons of a headless CMS and hopefully helps you to uh, make a better decision about whether or not this is the right thing for your business at this time. All right. Hey, thanks so much for your time and we will talk to you later. Bye.